Bulimia sucks, but you don't, and here's why. The Bulimia Sucks podcast with Kate Hudson Hall will teach you how to begin breaking through the multitude of thoughts, feelings, triggers, and urges to empower yourself to change your painful behaviors completely. You will hear proven strategies and solutions to help you in your recovery, including real interviews with real people. Kate has just released a new best-selling book called Anxiety Hacks with proven techniques, tools, and tips to calm this. Check it out now on Amazon. And now... Another episode of Bulimia Sucks, the podcast. Bulimia sucks, but you don't, and here's why. The Bulimia Sucks podcast with Kate Hudson-Hall will teach you how to begin breaking through the multitude of negative thoughts, feelings, triggers, and urges to empower yourself to change your painful behaviors completely and guide you towards that happy life you might only dream of right now. Oh, hello, and welcome to Bulimia Sucks, the very first podcast. Uh, My name is Kate Hudson-Hall, and I have just written a book called Bulimia Sucks, 10 Simple Steps to Stop Binging and Purging. Now, the reason that I wrote the book is because I am a previous um, sufferer of bulimia, um, and I felt it was really important to write this book because I eventually, after coming out the other side of bulimia, trained to be a psychotherapist and work with my clients with eating disorders. Um, And I know how important it is for people to get help with bulimia. So I'd now like to welcome uh, my very good friend, Neil Long, to the podcast. Hello, Kate, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? I am mighty fine, thank you very much indeed. And it's an absolute privilege to be here interviewing you and picking your brains about this. Uh, and I think it's a really important message. Congratulations on the book, by the way. Twice, thank you. Yes, it's very exciting. It's not an easy uh, task, writing a book, or very exciting. So congratulations on the book, first of all. And I'm really pleased you've decided to have a supporting podcast because it's important. It really is important that, as you say, as you said in your intro, that this message gets out there because bulimia is... is it's not funny. It's not a game. It's, it's a very serious disorder. So, let, so let's start there. Let's start there. Why is it important that people hear this message if they suffer from bulimia? Well, I think it's really important because that there's a whole huge stigma around having a, disor- a disorder, an eating disorder, but particularly bulimia. You know, it's a very secretive disease. And I want to get the word out there so people can start to begin to open up and talk about and understand that there is, there is a life after bulimia and that, that you can get over it. Well, you're living proof. That's what that's what I like about you. You are what I call the best kind of mentor because you walk your talk. Uh, you're not a white-coated professional who's written a th- book on theory based on observations of someone else. You've you've really forged this through the fires of your own experience. Yeah, absolutely. When I was overcoming bulimia and anorexia, I didn't have the tools back then to be able to to help me move forward quicker and help if, if, me to address the issues quicker. If you'd have had those tools then, the tools that you've written about and which we're going to talk about in this uh, inaugural podcast, if you'd have had those tools then, how much quicker do you think your journey would have been and how much easier? Well, I think it would be when I had bulimia, there wasn't any information out there because it was quite a long time ago. And by having the tools and techniques that I teach in the book, you can really begin to work with all of those 
wild emotions that you have and begin to break them down one by one and begin to change how you feel about different areas, experiences that you've had in the past, what's going on at the moment. Um, so much quicker. How much quicker. quicker? How much quicker? If you could put a percentage on it, do you think? Um, well, if you work through methodically through the book, it's it's difficult to say because everybody's different. So it's difficult to answer that question. But, you know, it took me many years to... Um, overcome bulimia. I'm just going to push a little bit on this because I think it's important. Um, yes, it took you many years because you didn't have the tools and you didn't have the insight and you didn't really have people that who would truly understand and that you could talk to about it. All of those things are really important. All of those factors are really important. So with those things in place, which are much more available now, would you say maybe 80% faster, 90% faster? You know... Like I say, everybody's different. So 70 to 80 percent, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, it's 90 percent because, you know, because, you know, people deal with different emotions. Yes. Yes. Um, and, I'm, and I'm very aware of that. And, I don't, and I'm not trying to, to force you into a corner to catch you out, you know, far from it. The reason why I'm asking you that is because I want to convey the importance of why people with these, hor- you know, this horrible condition should listen to this podcast. And I want yeah. to be able to give them hope at, at, at a very early stage because they might have been searching for all I know for years. They could be as desperate as you were at some points. And I just want to say that you're in the right place. You're listening yeah. to something that can help you, that will at least be a part of your recovery. And I want yes. to encourage people to listen, not just because we want figures and numbers, but because we genuinely want to help people. And I know I know that is your, I know you personally, you're a friend of mine, and I know that's your overarching intention from the time I've known you. You've really wanted to help people. It's a passion of yours. It's almost a vocational calling. I see that in you. I know you well enough to be able to say that, Kate. So, so that's... That's why I wanted absolutely, to, absolutely, absolutely. That's why I wanted to push it just a little bit for, for that reason only. And I've got a bunch of questions now for the uninitiated. What is the difference between anorexia and bulimia, please? So anorexia is basically reducing the amount of food that you eat, um, and to a point where you're absolutely starving yourself. And bulimia is eating. Well, there's various different types of, of bulimia. There's um, purging bulimia, and then there's non-purging bulimia. Purging bulimia is when you eat. You can eat normally and then purge, or you can overeat um, and eat as much as you can within an hour or two or however long, um, and then purge and make yourself sick. But then the the non-purging bulimia is eating, overeating, and, and then rather than purging, over-exercising or taking Uh, laxatives or diuretics to be able to rid yourself of the food. Now, neither of those, in my layman's understanding of mental health, make for good mental health. And we could go, and I'm going to ask about this a bit later in the interview, we could go into the whys of why people develop these things. Yes. As, you know, until the cows come home. But... Your book is more focused on in the sense that it doesn't really matter how long you've had it, in the sense it doesn't really matter how long a computer has had a virus. Once you remove the virus, the computer will function again, whether it's had a virus for 20 minutes or 20 years. The techniques in the book are based on that principle, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I list the uh, the various different um, 
experiences that you may have that have caused you to have bulimia, but the book is more focused on how you can begin to break your pattern. Yes, uh, and and that's the important thing, because I think we could drill down into the whys, like I say, forever, couldn't we? And even if you did find out why you had the condition, you've still got the condition, (laughs) but now you know why. It's kind of the booby prize, but this is firm action to take action to overcome, to beat, to move through the condition, uh, which is worth more than a whole bucket full of whys any day. Equally, I do think it is important to acknowledge that it's understandable why people would develop the condition. So in your opinion, and based on your experiences and the experiences of your clients, what are some of the reasons that people could develop it, just so they know they're understood? Well, I think a lot of it um, comes down to people trying to become slimmer. And that's normally where it starts, and they start to deprive themselves of food. Um, And then that whole cycle begins. They become so hungry that they stop eating for a time maybe, and then they dive into the fridge and eat as much as they can and then to rid themselves. It's societal's obsession with thin, is it? Yeah, that's one of the reasons, yeah. Or another reason could be... But hang on a minute, I I want to lose eight pounds and I'm not bulimic. What's the difference? Well, then that's when other issues normally sort of um, maybe come to light. So maybe you've had a, um, a past experience. For me, um, I was abused a couple of times when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and that sort of that well that was a that was a big part of me trying to build up my self worth again in just a, a way that made no sense to anybody, uh, especially uh, not to me. So it didn't actually make sense to you while you were doing it? It didn't make sense to your wounded psyche? No, it didn't make sense whatsoever. So you knew so you knew it wasn't so you knew it wasn't a good thing to do, but you were still doing it anyway, which I would imagine added yet another layer of self judgment, which you didn't need and didn't deserve in the first place. I mean, like like you like like you deserve being abused. I mean that's ridiculous. But do you know what I mean? It just adds layers upon layers, doesn't it? Yeah, I've, I've, had a, I've had a theory about eating disorders for a while. Uh, and this is a very layman's theory. Is it about control? People feel so out of control in their own lives or perhaps with the circumstances of the world at the moment. I mean, look at the pandemic, that it's the only thing they can control what they put in their bodies and they take it to a ridiculous extreme, which manifests yeah. as an illness. Is, is it all about fear based control, if you like, of self? It, it is about that, but a number of different other Um, areas come into that but that's sort of what happens in the end you think well I can't control this in my life can't control that but I can control how what I eat and how often I make myself sick and let's come full circle on the question I asked what are those other areas that could come in and could cause someone to have a condition like this well it could be something like trying to you know having a family that wants you to be perfect um, and having a a thought pattern where everything that you do has to be perfect. And when it's not perfect, well, I'm going to have to be able to try and be perfect in something else. And that is by eating and staying slim by making yourself sick. I mean, perfectionism could lead to all kinds of things, bulimia included, I would have thought. Yes, absolutely. You know, perfectionism is not healthy. We've all got a bit of perfectionism within us, but I suppose... In the same sense that we all double check the door sometimes, but not all of us develop OCD. Yeah. If if you know what I mean. But there is a point where it crosses to what you would call a clinical condition. And that's the point where you come in 
with the book. I mean, I've known you for many years. I've known you since you started up something called Changes Charity, which was a delightful story. Uh, you, you set up your garden shed to be a therapy room, and I did some voluntary NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, uh, there. And I had great fun doing it. And that's how I know your passion for helping people. Tell me some more possible causes of bulimia. Yes, I guess social media doesn't help, help with this fake standard of perfection that some people aspire to. You know, they're trying to control things that are uncontrollable and none of that is healthy. What what other causes could there be? Outer world causes, shall we say? Um, well, uh, let me think now. So bullying, bullying, you know, somebody's had a, a had or having experiences of bullying can um, can cause people to feel very negative and obviously low self-worth again and that can develop into bulimia. Um, you know, and it's the Western culture and the unrealistic. It's, you know, how we are meant to look. And then that all comes around to, you know, um, body image and body dysmorphia and how we feel about our bodies. And what is body dysmorphia? Body dysmorphia is an imagined ugliness in which your imagination, as powerful as it is, goes wild and becomes extremely confused with how you look. Um, so you could be stick thin and look in the mirror and see someone who was clinically obese? Absolutely. Physically, absolutely. physically see it. Does it distort, you know, visual perception and all that sort of thing? To yeah, that, to absolutely. That wow. You know, and then you're listening to how you're talking to yourself and you to- talk yourself into it. Believe it. Right. Yes. No, I, I understand. So the, the reason why I'm, I'm asking these questions for the benefit of the listener is that I just want you to know that we understand. Kate understands. You, you've, you've, you've been there and and done it. And when I read your book, I've known you for many, many years. You started up something wonderful called Changes Charity, which was a converted garden shed um, in, in the house you lived in at the time. And you turned it into a therapy room. And, and it was so quirky. And I say this with love, which you are in the most beautiful way. And it was just absolutely brilliant, brilliant bit of genius didn't know your full backstory at that point and i read your book and literally this is years later i just wanted to come in and hug you i never knew you'd been abused i never knew what you had been through and it just made me even more determined to get this podcast out there and and to help you do that because i do know that you walk your talk you are and i'm going to say this for the benefit of the listeners yes i know kate personally but i've got no agenda i've got no financial incentive for saying this whatsoever i'm just saying this because it's true kate is an incredible person and she walks her talk and she knows her stuff inside out back to front and if after the experiences that she had she can come through and become a balanced healthy adult that is now using her experience to contribute and help others i want to say so can you and you don't have to help others if you just get better that that's good enough for us and if listening to and if listening to this helps you get your sense of well-being back. And that actually does help others because then you can give from a full cup, not this chronic state of emptiness that you're trying to fill with these behaviours that have been taught to you from an outer world that's probably more confused than you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which yeah. All, which brings on low self-esteem. And all that, and all, and all that sort of thing. So, so you are understood you listening to this yes you listening to this podcast listening to my voice right now you are understood we get it we understand and now I'm going to move on to what we can do about it because as I say you can walk your talk and you're the best kind of mentor because you're someone that's been there that's done it and you're one step ahead just one 
and you can reach a helping hand back and say, come this way, one step this way, one step this way. You're the best kind of guru. I don't really like the word because some people seem unapproachable. They're so, they're so sparkly, masters of everything. They're wonderful at everything that they do. They're on stage, you know, probably they feature in adverts with perfect white teeth and beautiful children in a big house. And it seems unachievable and unapproachable. And that's not the case. That is not the case. And that's not the, and then they're not the best of teachers actually most of the time. But you are as a mentor who is just one step ahead says, right, come this way, come this way, come this way. And that really is the whole book. And I think that's why it's very brave and generous of you to share your backstory because it can't be easy revealing stuff like that, can it? Was it cathartic for you to get it on paper? No, no, not for me because I'm sort of quite a long way down the other side. So I just felt it would be a learning for you know, for to go in the book to be able to help people to understand the full picture, mm, which comes um, back full circle to your, you know, ethos of helping as many people as you can. So yeah, let's absolutely. so let's move on. Let's let's talk about some of the techniques. Uh, let's talk about how you develop them, just because that's interesting. And uh, maybe you can give us some examples of of some of the techniques. And if I can question you quite heavily on them again i think this is for the benefit of the people listening if people haven't heard of nlp neuro-linguistic programming or they might have heard bad things about it nlp is basically understanding how people do things not why okay old school psychology is based on why and then you might know why you've got the problem but you've still got the problem whoopee do it's the booby prize Uh, nlp is based on how so just take a really silly example if i didn't know how to make a cup of tea and you did you could then teach me using the tools and tricks of nlp to make a cup of tea that person can do it teach the person who can do it yeah absolutely absolutely so, yeah, so there's a number of different techniques in the book, and one of them is NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which is what you're talking about. So it's using specific techniques to help people overcome different issues that they have in their life. And, yes, um, it's, it's the hows, not the whys. And, yes, I've seen the, the manipulative NLPs things where people are trying to sell with it or or get people into bed with it. I've, I've seen all those books. You know, I've, I've heard about them all. But I will say that NLP used in the way you're using it and in its purest form, in other words, what it was intended for, uh, is very quick and very powerful. And it works. It absolutely, it absolutely does work. So please trust the integrity of this practitioner. I'm not saying all people use it with integrity, but many, many millions do. But I do want to make it clear, if you haven't heard of it or you're a bit scared of it or you've heard something bad about it, that is not what's going on here. So it's essentially, like my cup of tea example, teaching someone how to not have bulimia or how to or to put it in the positive, how to be healthy. Essentially, they've taught themselves or the world's taught them how to be unhealthy. And you, using these powerful tools and techniques, teach them the exact opposite, which is what they needed. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely. And it's they're very they're very simple and straightforward. The techniques and oddly fun, if I can use that word in this context. Yes. But tell me one of these techniques. I think a very good example is it's it's actually about focusing on your future and how you want to be in your future. All right. And the steps of how you're going to get there. So, um, so you have and- a, so you have a clear roadmap. Yes. A clear roadmap provided by you and some clear techniques to, to walk that path. Yes. It, is, is it a, and it's called future pacing, isn't it, in NLP? So, yes. so you get a very clear vision of your future and how you want to be. 
Yeah. So it's not about being as you are, it's be how you want to be. And it's important to say to people that we can choose to be how we want to be. Choice is powerful. And I do know one of the tenets of NLP is having more choice is better than having less. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because a lot of it, people with with an eating disorder, they have no vision. They don't know where they're going, and they don't think they have a choice. And they don't. And even if they did have a choice, they wouldn't know how to get there. All of these problems are solved with the tools and techniques in in your book. And also, when you have a mental disorder, it's very isolating. You feel that you're the only one who's ever felt like this ever. It should. That's why I wanted to question you quite vociferously earlier about why people can be like this just so people could feel understood you're not alone you know this is not an uncommon condition i don't know exactly what the statistics are you can probably tell me but the amount of people who have eating disorders around the world is is, is in the in the millions you know multi-millions i would have thought i'd guess you, you can tell me the exact figures i'm sure yeah. Yeah. so you're yeah. not so you're not alone so even that should help you take a bit of a sigh of relief you know you're you're in very good company uh, we could probably name several famous people who've had bulimia and, and got over it. Uh, I mean, even even sometimes, and this is one of the sicker sides of the media, even sometimes it's marketed, that kind of look. Do you remember the Kate Moss heroin addict look yes, th- that became yeah. popular in the 90s? It's yeah. saying it, it, it looks good to look like you're on drugs. And sometimes, you know, it, the media can be that sick. It almost seems to encourage, encourage that to look cool. But let me assure you, there is nothing cool or fun or healthy about bulimia or, or any or any mental disorder. But what I want to say to you is you're not alone. It feels like you're alone. It feels you're like you're alone. I think, uh, you know, over in the UK, there, there's been, you know, the, a TV show that uh, has uh, portrayed uh, Princess Diana with the, the traumatic experience that she went through with bulimia, which mm. is fantastic that, that they have included that. Um, and how, you know, how proud we should be of her actually stepping forward, particularly all those years ago, and talking about it. Because the insights that we're talking about now were, simply weren't available, and I think that's the other thing we want to impress on you. Every ology is evolving fast, particularly psychology, and the psychology that Princess Diana would have received. Yes, she'd have had the best available because of who she was, but the best available then is, is a very different baby from the best available now. So things have yes. evolved. Things have evolved and moved on, most certainly. And you're right, Kate. Any step towards awareness, even if you're not using it to help others, even if it's just for yourself, yourself. Any step towards awareness deserves the ultimate commendation because you're essentially taking your own life by the horns. You're taking responsibility for it, and not in a heavy way. Not in you're responsible for that, so you should feel bad. You know. You know to be able to respond, response ability. In other words, to be able to choose. And to be able to choose, you need a greater palette of choices. And when you're down and you feel isolated, you don't think you do have any choice. It's not true, but it feels that way. And that's another problem we're, we're going to solve with, with this podcast content, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. This, this perceived, and I do say perceived because you're not alone, this perceived isolation. So so it's grabbing your life, getting a good old vision of it. So, so give us, an, give us a, an example of a big, a big old future pace. When, when, I'm going to take it you did it. How did you want to be? You, you were how you were. We can read the book to find out that. But then you said, no, this is how I want to be. <laughs> in, in your experience, how did yeah. you decide? You, you were ill with bulimia, and then at one point you went, if I'm going to use the word, fuck it, I don't want to be this way anymore. I want to be this way. 
I want to be like this. What was the like this that you pictured in your mind? How did you want to be? In other words, tell us how you are now. <laughs> um, how did I want to be? I wanted to be free, free from the, the clutches of bulimia. Um, and it took me a number of different years and various different therapies way back when um, until I found the right therapist. And then once I'd found the right therapist, she was a psychotherapist, but she did other other therapies, not NLP, but other therapies as well. And she was a true guiding light in my recovery. Mm. She, yeah, she was a very kind, caring, understanding, listening. Um, Is she still practicing? Um, she was elderly back then, so I'm not sure. Okay. And, and that's another important thing. This is your well-being we're talking about. So do shop around. Do find someone that you feel comfortable with. By all means, check their qualifications. That's important. But equally, it, they've got to be someone that you feel understands you and, and, and you can build a very good client-therapist relationship with. That's really important. This is your well-being we're talking about. And by the way, it is important. You matter. You are important. Your well-being is important. Why? Well, you've got a lot more to give to the world when you're feeling healthy, for a start. And second, you're going to feel an awful lot better. So you do need to be selfish enough. And I'm going to use the word to put yourself first and put your self-care first. And that means, you know, doing your due diligence, finding out what their qualifications are. And do you feel, do you feel good with them? Do you feel understood by them? Otherwise, you... it's just not going to work. No, absolutely not. And you won't open up. Yeah, exactly. But you do need to be brave enough to be vulnerable and share your innermost feelings, which you might not have shared with anyone before. And there's no shame in that. And one of the most beautiful things about therapy is it is a safe space to express how you feel and to not be judged for how you feel. A poker face is not welcome here. Great when you're trying to win a hand of cards in Vegas. In this situation, not good at all. Yeah, yeah. No, not good at all. So you decided you wanted to be free. And what did that freedom look like to you, Kate? How did it look? How did it sound? Oh, yeah. How did it feel? Come on, give us give us it in juicy detail. If I was if I was making a meal out of this, how would I cook this so it was delicious? I was going to feel good from the inside out. Okay. I wanted to not be concerned about my weight and how I looked. Um, and what other people thought. Hmm. And, I, and I wanted to be able to address the past things that happened to me and work through those in order to be, have, a, have a, a clearer mind to be able to take myself forward hmm. and feel positive. In all the areas of life now. Yeah. I mean, and as, as I say, you know, knowing you as a friend, you're, you're, you're fully thriving. You, you know, you've got a wonderful partner, you've got a wonderful family, you've got you know, a lovely home and all, all that sort of thing. And, you're, you know, fully fully functional, healthy adult which is you know lovely for me to see as a as a friend i didn't know you when you were really really bad days i knew you when you were when you were better as i say i only knew retrospectively when i read the book and at that point was to drive around and hug you uh, which had been about 20 years too late <laughs> you'd have probably thought what the hell's he doing <laughs> what are you doing on my doorstep <laughs> you strange hugging man <laughs> give give us another one another example so future pacing so a compelling and exciting future because we all need that is one thing give, give us another technique i mean there's 12 delightful ones isn't there? so yeah so well there's other therapies that uh, that maybe we could mention here because please uh, yeah i talk about um about mindfulness and how powerful mindfulness is well, you're, you're, a te- you're, you're a teacher of mindfulness as well aren't you yes yeah um and how you can benefit um and how how it can help you overcome bulimia and there's a specific technique called urge surfing which um, it's um, sitting and 
when you're in that right space and you have that, um, when you've practiced the mindfulness enough, then it's actually sitting with your urges. Because if you didn't have the urge, then you wouldn't binge and purge. Mm. So it's being able to sit and ride with those urges. Oh, now that's interesting because when I studied mindfulness, there was a technique called turning towards and our our go-to technique as human beings seems to be to run away from or avoid. And I suppose from a mindfulness point of view, you could say that binging and purging is the ultimate avoiding technique because you don't want to feel what you feel. That's why it's good to have a safe, safe space where you can express and feel it. And mindfulness says turn towards and actually feel it and work through it. Um, which might sound terrifying, but oddly, oddly, it seems to work. Uh, yeah, urge surfing, you surf the urge and then the urge passes away, but not from running away from it, by running towards it. Yeah, absolutely. And it will gra- gradually reduce down. Mm. Yeah. So that, that's, a, that's a really good technique mm. to be able to... Um, to be able to move on from the urges so we're not going to give away too much in this first episode because we don't want this to be we do want this to be quite an exciting podcast but let's don't want to give away all the good stuff on on the first episode do you know we gladly would but uh, we we simply haven't got the time but there's going to be many episodes and maybe we can we can focus on certain techniques which which are immediately usable i know if people buy your book there's a download where they get a free download of all the techniques which you've demonstrated on video for them Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So rather than just actually reading the information on how to do the technique, Mm. we've created uh, video demonstrations of me Mm. showing you how to how to do the technique. And of course, you work one on one with people. You have a therapy center called Wise Blue Owl Therapy. Uh, Love that name, by the way. Really like that. You're welcome. Um, And you you take clients on one to one. We also work online Mm. via WhatsApp, FaceTime, Zoom. Mm. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, this is uh, this is really important to be able to help my clients at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, so let's let's get this bit out of the way. Where can people find you? So they can go to bulimiasucks.com um, and it's got information about the book. It's got information about how they can contact me. Also, my um, my website is katehudson-hall.com where they can find other information out about me. Now, on this podcast, I'm really looking forward to it because it's going to be, it's, this has been quite, I suppose, a heavy going interview. Um, and I, I, the only reason why I've gone in so heavy in this is because I wanted just people to be really clear that number one, you know what you're talking about. And number two, you do what you're talking. And number three, if this isn't the whole solution, it could be a component in someone's solution. And I really wanted to ram that point home. So forgive me, you listening to this. And Kate, if I've gone in really, really hard, I'm, not, I'm normally a lot more gentle in my interview techniques as it were but in future episodes because we want people to understand how important it is that they can overcome bulimia yeah and we want you to understand that we understand and that, that's why I've gone in quite serious in this one. But in future episodes, there'll be some general fireside chats with other mental health professionals talking about mental health. You're going to be interviewing, as I say, other mental health professionals talking about their disciplines and how they could help, sharing some more of your techniques as well, and maybe some success stories from your clients as well. So it's going to be, it's going to be a very varied and interesting podcast, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's exciting. Um, and and I want uh, people to tune in and really benefit from each and every podcast. As they have from this one already. Um, don't want to overload people. So unless there's anything else you want to share, I'm going to wind it up there for now. Yeah, and I, I think the most important thing is that people can learn is that, that they can 
they can move on from bulimia. It's having the right tools to be able to do that. Absolutely. And you are living and you are living proof. So when people meet you online or face to face or read your book, you know, this lady is the real deal. As I said before, it's not a white coated professional writing a book on theory about what should happen. This is this is the real deal. This did happen. You have overcome it, and now you're acting as a as a light in the world. And may this message spread to anyone that needs it. And I think you've got a potential audience of millions. I really do. And it's a privilege to be involved, even in a small way, to help you with the technical aspects of getting your message out there. So good luck, Kate. All the very best. Thank you, Thank you Neil, so much for your interview techniques. You're you're very, very welcome, Kate. Good luck with everything, and I look forward to a really brilliant podcast, bulimiasucks.com or wiseblueowltherapy. KateHudsonHall.com Okay. Thank you, Neil. Kate Hudson Hall, thank you from the Bulimia Sucks podcast. Thank you very, very much, and thank you to you for tuning in. The Bulimia Sucks podcast with Kate Hudson Hall, playing now on all the main platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher for Android, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and here. Play Bulimia Sucks, the podcast with Kate Hudson Hall. Bulimia Sucks but you don't. Kate has just released a new best-selling book called Anxiety Hacks with proven techniques, tools, and tips to calmness. Check it out now on Amazon.